Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Thanks, man. Um, Just an honor to be here with you this morning, and growing up with Jeff was always a trip, you know? We just... It was amazing. None of us died. Let's just put it that way. Um, now, I'm just so happy to be here today. And just so I'll let you guys know, I'm more of an encourager, so I want to encourage you today. Um, the Bible, Paul says, encourage you one another daily. He doesn't say get in a theological debate daily, although those are needed sometimes, right? He doesn't say, hey, let's get in arguments every day. But he does say, encourage one another daily, as long as it's today we need to encourage each other, right? Um, and so hopefully today I have a word to encourage you, and I want to talk to you about overcoming adversity. How many of you guys have ever faced adversity in your life? We all have, right? And if you haven't, you're probably kind of young still, and you're just trying to pass, pass math or something like that, um, which I'm still trying to pass math. Um, that's just a joke. But um, today, if you have your Bibles, if you would open up to our first scripture we're going to go through today. And it is uh, Psalms 118, verse 24. And it's a pretty famous psalm. And hopefully it's on the screen for you. Um, And it says this, today is the day the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. Easy to do when your day is going great, right? Hey, that's an easy day. I just bought a new car like last week. And man, I was like, today's the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. Right? Easy to do when everything's going great and you just got a bonus at work or whatever. But it's not easy to do when things aren't going your way. You know, the author of this psalm was David. And when he wrote this, he wasn't going through a good day. He was having a struggle. He was going through some loss, but he had the foresight to say, hey, today is the day the Lord has made, and I will, everybody say, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And we've all had those days where we wanted to take this towel and we wanted to do what? I throw the towel in. I throw it in. I can't take one more thing. One more thing happens. I tell you what, this job, I'm just throwing the towel in. If, that, if, if I tell you what, man, if the Bears lose one more game, man, I'm going to throw the towel. That's every Sunday for, for people like me and Jeff. Um, no, I just, I have a, a pretty famous quote I want to read to you from a hero who changed lives of millions of people growing up in the 80s and 90s. And this quote really spoke to me and went deep. And he even changed the nation where he's a sports figure and they were in this boxing match and Russia started cheering his name. And you all know who he is. He's the Italian stallion. He is the Rocky Balboa, the man. I think we've got a picture of him. I'm not sure if we got a picture of the Italian stallion, Rocky Balboa. There he is, Adrian, right? And I love this quote. Here it is. Ready? Let me tell you something you don't already know. The world isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I mean, you can testify to that. It's a mean and very nasty place. I don't care how tough you are. 
It will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, nobody is going to hit as hard as life. I've got hit hard by life. Anybody got hit hard by life before? I thought it was pretty tough. I thought I was a like really faith-filled Christian, you know, like, man, I can take anything. I'm a believer, you know, and all those things. But me, nobody's going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. This is how winning is done. Adrian! Now, if you know what you're worth, go get what you're worth. But you ain't gonna be, but you gotta be willing to take the hits. Not pointing the finger, saying, I'm not where I am, it's because of him or her or anybody. Cowers to that, and that's not you. Amen, right? Amen. You know, in uh, 1 Kings chapter 20, Ben had, uh, it's a really funny name, Ben Dad was a king, a, a wicked king, and he was trying to take out the Israelites. And he set up this trap, kind of surround the city. And then God's like, hey, go out to them in the, in the mountains and defeat them. And there was a great victory God gave the Israelites that day. And Ben, ben Dad said, you know what? It's because they serve the God of the mountain. That's why they got the victory. But if we draw them out to the valley, we can defeat them. And so the next summer, they get in another fight and they're in the valley, but the Lord gave them a great victory. And you know what God's known as? The God of the hill, the mountain, and the valley. He's the God of your high points, and he's still God in your low points. He's still God when you're down there and you, you're like, I'm throwing in the towel. I quit. I quit. I throw the towel in. I can't take it anymore. He's still the God of that low point in your life. And he uses these things. I'm not saying he causes these things, okay? But he uses things. He wastes nothing. And he uses it to give you strength. You took a hit, but guess what? Next time, you're not going to be throwing the towel again. He wants you to have adversity. He wants you to overcome. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to have the right faith and belief, especially in this world, like Pastor Jeff was saying, where there's so much uncertainty, so much struggle, so much like, what is happening? But he wants you to have the faith to overcome, to trust in him. There's another scripture I want to read to you. It's another story in the Old Testament. It's found in Numbers 13, verse 30 through 33. Little backstory. The Israelites just got out of Egypt and God has taken them to the promised land. And Moses sends 12 spies to the promised land. We all know the story. 12 spies go, and this is what they, they bring a report back. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let us go at once and take the land. We can certainly conquer it. Everybody say, man, that's some faith. That's faith. That's, that's the right attitude. But, another, but the other men who had explored the land with them disagreed, saying this, we can't go against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread a bad, ten spread a bad report. Two had a good report. So they spread a bad report among the Israelites and among the land. The, the land we travel through and explored will devour us if we go up there to live. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's how they saw us too. Your perspective matters. When you're going 
for God's promise, right? Your perspective matters. Your faith matters. When you get to those, um, those moments of, of just adversity and you're trying to overcome them, how are you going to see yourself? You see yourself as a son and daughter of God who can overcome all things because he overcame all things. Um, do you know your faith and your attitude is contagious? It's contagious. If you believe the government just as much as COVID-19 is contagious, so is your attitude and faith. I mean, it will spread like a wildfire throughout your family, throughout the generations, throughout wherever you're at, at work. You can face someone with a bad attitude. It spreads bad, right? It's so contagious. All of a sudden, everyone has a bad attitude. Everybody else has unbelief and doubt. But what I love is that Joshua and Caleb gave a good report, but there was 10 who gave a, a bad report, a negative report. And then it goes on to say in Numbers 14, this is God speaking. I will never, they will never see the land I swore to their ancestors. None of them who have treated me with contempt, but my servant Caleb, watch this, had a different attitude. He had a different attitude. He had faith. He had belief that all things were possible, no matter what the circumstances faced like, no matter what giants they saw, no matter what big problems were out there, he knew God would give him victory, even facing that adversity. One thing I really love about this is, you know, 40 years later, they didn't enter the promised land. They had to stay in the wilderness, but there were two people who got to enter the promised land, Joshua and Caleb, the ones with a good report, with the good attitude, who believed God. And that's what God says, Joshua, and Caleb, I will give them the land and they will own the promise I have promised them. Even if somebody keeps you from reaching the promises God's given you, because we've all experienced that. You know, God's want to give you a promotion, but someone said something bad about you, didn't reach it. God's going to get you there. Eventually, it might've been 40 years later. Sure, Joshua and Caleb want to enter God's promises then, right? But they had to wait. That's okay. Because God still gave them the promise. He's still giving you the promise. It's about attitude. Everyone say attitude. Your attitude affects your faith. Your attitude affects your beliefs. Sometimes, have you ever got an adjustment before? Like at the chiropractor, you get adjusted, right? And you feel better after that, right? Now, I remember growing up, my dad would say to us, we'd be like, you guys need an attitude adjustment. Where we're all like, oh man, we knew what that meant. Like you're going to get whipped, all right, if you didn't change your attitude, right? But you know what? When we come to church, this is an adjustment, right? You're getting something, one of your vertebrae is out of whack, you know, just get it popped back in and uh, you're doing good, right? You're feeling great. Now you can go shoot some hoops. You can go on a mile run, whatever it might be. Sometimes you're your um, finances might need to be adjusted. Although that's not fun sometimes, but you start feeling better when they're adjusted. God wants to adjust our attitudes this morning, right? He wants to build our faith and our confidence. You know, you can only, what you can only control 100% of, your, of, of the time in your life is your attitude. That's the only thing you can control 100% is how you're gonna have your attitudes gonna react. That's the only thing you can control. Life is about 10% what happens to you, the other 90 is your attitude, man. How are you going to respond to it? And this was really seen um, at the World Fair in 19, 
04. How many of you guys have had one of these this summer, a waffle cone? How many of you have one of these this summer? Come on. I mean, I know we're all trying to lose weight. We're all trying to look good and all that stuff, but the waffle cone has changed our lives, right? And I want to tell you the story, the adversity the waffle cone had to go through. 1904, long time ago, before any of us were around, there's a World Fair in St. Louis. And at that fair, they put the ice cream tent on one side and the waffle tent on another side. And one day, the two uh, vendors were so busy, the the waffle place, they ran out of plates to serve waffles. And so the waffle guy was like, hey, I need some plates. Can you help me out to the ice cream man? and to other vendors. But you know what? Everybody was jealous of the waffle tent because they're shoveling it out, man. Who doesn't like a waffle? Walking around eating a waffle. It's a great time. And so the ice cream man's like, you know what, man? Throw in the towel. You're you're done for. No one's going to help you. You might as well sell ice cream for me. So the the waffle maker guy's like, man, well, I don't want to lose money. I'm about to go broke. Nobody's sharing their plates with me. So I might as well start selling some ice cream. So so the waffle guy, he's starting to sell ice cream, but his wife had a brilliant idea. Adversity, right? You're faced with a problem, a crisis. So the wife took this flat iron and starts ironing the waffle down in a circular motion and rolling into a cone and starts putting the ice cream that they took from the ice cream man and they sold that and they sold completely out. And it was a famous change, right? And we got the waffle cone because adversity from a moment where they thought they were going to throw the towel in and quit. Like they had to sell ice cream for the rest of the fair. But when there's adversity, when there's a problem, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity. And the chi- you know, I'm not just saying this because China is going to rule everything one day. I hope, God, I hope not. But the Mandarin character for um, crisis and opportunity is the same. It's represented as the same character. The Chinese definition of crisis is literally this, an opportunity riding on dangerous winds. That's good. You know, I was like, man, that's that's powerful. That's such a powerful moment. So when we're faced with adversity, God wants us to overcome. When we're about to throw that towel in and we're like, I just just quit. Um, There's another man in the Bible in the Old Testament. His name was was Joseph. He had like a technical color dream coat, if you remember that play or not. Um, He was one of the favorite sons of of Jacob. And his brothers were really jealous of him. And so one day they're like, oh, let's just kill him. <laughs> you know, thanks a lot, bro. That's great. And the oldest son, Reuben, it's like, no, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him to slavery. It'd be way better for us. So they end up throwing him in a pit, sell him into slavery. And uh, it's found in Genesis. Let me find it. Genesis chapter 39. If you have your Bibles, this one's not going to be on the screen. Genesis chapter 39. So Joseph is about to be sold to Potiphar. So when, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelites, traders who purchased, uh, who was, were working for Potiphar, the Egyptian officer, Potiphar, uh, the captain of the guard, uh, saw Joseph. This is a verse two. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did. And the Potiphar noticed this and realized the Lord was with them. So Joseph was given success in everything he did. 
When, you sell, when he was sold in slavery, he had nothing. He didn't have a special bank account. He didn't have his friends supporting him. He didn't have his family around him. He literally had nothing but one thing that we all have. And the world noticed, Potiphar noticed that the Lord was with him. He didn't have a 401k. He didn't have all these other things, but he had the Lord. And today, whatever situation you're in, I doubt you're, you're like, like Joseph at the bottom of a pit where you have nothing, right? So whatever situation you're facing today, God wants you to know you can overcome through him. God will give you success in everything that you put your hand to because he's for you. He, he's not against you. So many times we start the day off in neutral. When you get in your car and you go to work or the store, what do you got to do? You got to put the car into drive, right? If you just put into neutral, what happens? Anybody can push you one way or another. So many of us are starting life every morning out like that, where we're just, we're just reacting to how people are going to push us. So you're neutral. You're like, oh, whatever. You get pushed and then you roll that way. You get pushed the other way. You roll that way. Instead of putting that sucker into drive with getting the power and get up in the morning and say, today's the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it, Right? I will overcome all obstacles today because of the Lord, what he has done for me and he's with me. Um, and so starting the day off, just puts up on the mirror saying, hey, check your attitude today. Hey, have faith today. Something so simple. First thing you look in the mirror, right? Instead of checking your nose hairs or how that pimple get there. I'm like 40 years old. What's going on in life? You know, but have like, have a word there that really puts you into drive, right? Really puts you into, instead of reacting to people and their attitude and their unbelief and all this stuff, instead you're into drive and then you can be like, oh, I can encourage someone today, right? I have the right attitude. I have the attitude of Christ. I can do all things who gives me strength. Um, yeah, so um, I'm just gonna tell you a little backstory. I have three children, um, Peyton's our oldest, and Ginger's my wife. She lowered her standards to marry me, so thank her for what she has done. Um, I told her someone had to lower their standards, you know. It definitely wasn't me. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. Um, but we have three beautiful children. Uh, Peyton, she's 10. Kinley is eight. And Judah is three. Be between Kinley and Judah, we had uh, a, um, a stillbirth. Uh, her name was Skylar, and Ginger went in for a routine check. Some of you guys know the, the story, a routine check, and the doctors couldn't find Skylar's heartbeat. She was six months pregnant at the time, so they rushed her to the hospital, and we were just really believing and praying, no, God, you know, you got to help us out. You know, we, we're people of believers, but um, they couldn't find a heartbeat. So she passed away and, and we had to go through 24 hours of, you know, you still got to birth a child and it was difficult. It was hard. It was one of the worst days of our lives. And we were serving, we were pastors at the time and we're like, God, are we, we've been faithful. We've been trusting you. We've been believing, like, how could we be faced with such adversity and such, such a thing? And, um, and, you know, we walked through that and I believe that was in uh, 2015, um, she passed. And then, you know, God called us to step out in faith, to start pursuing church planning and all that stuff. So we're doing that. We lived with my parents for like a year with 
Ginger, you're like, why are we here? You know, it's like, why are we live with your mom and dad? This is crazy. But we were just walking out in faith, trying to believe, see where God was taking us. And then she got pregnant again. And we're all really excited. And she was going to find out what she was going to have. And we lost Skylar just after Mother's Day. So Mother's Day happened and she lost Skylar. Two years later, find out we're pregnant. This is around the exact same time. She goes to the doctor and the doctor's really quiet and says, uh, there's a problem. And, you know, you're just believing. You're just trusting God. <laughs> to the exact day we lost Skylar, the doctor says, there's a problem. And man, we were like, man, we were walking through that. And we found out uh, he had transposition and he had a, a mass in his heart. And we found out we were having a boy, which was awesome. And that day we got together and said, you know what? We're going to believe, we're going to pray. We're going to believe for a miracle. Um, and we're going to trust the Lord in this. And so it was just such weird timing, you know, like we, the night before we just had an awesome talk, awesome prayer time, you know, we're just going to do stuff. God's got us. It's going to be awesome. I mean, we were on the mountaintop, you know, and then literally the next day we were low where we had the towel. And like, man, I just give up. I give up. And so we go through all this process and everything, and we go to another doctor, and, and the doctor's like, you need to abort this pregnancy. The percentages aren't good. Like, there's going to be trouble. Even if he makes it through, it's going to be all this difficulty. But me and Ginger knew. Me and Ginger were like, no, we're going to believe. We're going to believe for this promise. And... um. The thing is, though, we didn't want to live where we did live through Skylar. Like, it was horrible. Like, it was the worst day of our lives. I didn't want to experience that again. But the Lord told me in that appointment, so many people abort their mission, abort their calling because of little adversity, and they never see the blessing on the other side. Those Israelites, those 10, they aborted because of fear. They threw in the towel because they were scared what was going to happen right? And if we would have said, you know what? I don't want to relive that moment because it was painful. It was hard. It really stretched us, you know, just our faith and everything. It put stress on the family. We didn't want to experience that again. But if we would have thrown the towel, we would never reap the blessing who Judah is. And God gave us this name. He's like, I'm going to get praise out of this story. Name him Judah which means praise in Hebrew. And today, he, uh, six, days, um, six days old, he was born. He had open heart surgery. And this is a picture of him. And it's scary, you know, like me and Ginger just praying every day. We're going to the doctor every day. And to see him like that, we're like, oh God, that's just so tough. But this is Judah today, the next picture. Yeah. Amen. And now you see a scar, you see all those tubes, but without that scar, I wouldn't have that smiling face. Without 
me pushing past the fear and stuff. I want to have the blessing that he is for us today. And so many times in life, we're so scared to get scarred. We're so scared to, to go through, to get hurt, but push past that, that adversity. Don't give up on the blessing that sits before you because there's another one who took the scars for us, right? He has scars in his hands and his feet. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And he helps you overcome. So now we see Jesus' scars. We know they speak of his grace. They speak of his love. They speak of his promise that the Lord didn't leave us abandoned, but he let us to overcome all things through Christ who gives us strength. And when I see those scars, I just praise God because I'm like, thank you, God, for the scars. We were believing for a miraculous healing. We didn't get it. But guess what? He's still walking miracle. He's still there with showing the scars of how God's grace and goodness is that gets us through the hard times. At the Passover supper, John chapter 13, one of Jesus' last acts, wherever you're at in life, you might be wanting to throw the towel in and quit. You might even already thrown the towel in and quit. But John chapter 13, the Passover dinner, one of Jesus' last acts on earth, he washes his disciples' feet. He picks up the towel. So he throws the towel in and quit. You're giving up what God's calling you to do because it's been too hard. You feel like you're not good enough. You feel like you've done too many things wrong. But Jesus is there. When you throw that towel down, he picks it up. He wraps it around himself and he washed the disciples' feet and dried his feet. It's not too late. Because Jesus, he's the God of the valley. He's lower than you. He's been lower than you. He's been to the depths of hell and came back. He's been lower than you. He's there. I see you throw the towel in bed. Let me pick it up. And he wraps it around himself as a servant and washes the dirt off your feet. So you can keep going. So you can keep moving. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't lose heart. I like this little, little saying. Um, it says this, some of the people that God used in the Bible and their shortcomings, the adversity that I go through. First one is, Jacob was a cheater. Peter had a temper. David had an affair. Noah got drunk. Jonah ran from God. Paul was a murderer. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossiper. Martha was a warrior. Thomas was a doubter. Sarah was impatient. Elisha was moody. Moses stuttered. Zacchaeus was short. Abraham was old. Lazarus was dead. But what's our excuse? What adversity have we faced where God literally used all these people with problems, issues, Adversities where they have shortcoming, but he's there to pick up the towel and serve us. You know, when Jesus comes back, when he comes again, he has a towel wrapped around him. He still has that towel wrapped around him. Um, this is if the team wants to come up, I know they're playing or whatever we want to do, but I'm going to close with, with uh, this little illustration. I have a $100 bill right here. What's the value of this? What's the value? It's not your question. $100, right? That's $100. The value is $100.
So what if I get a little dirt on it and it gets a little messy, right? What's, what's the value? $100. What if I crinkle it up, throw it down, step on it? What's the value? Okay, so what if I, it gets a little tear, a little scar on it? What's the value? What if I speak to it, say you're worthless? You're going to never accomplish anything. You're just a piece of paper. What's its value? So many of us in our life, we have devalued what Christ had paid for us on the cross. You maybe you got a little dirty. Maybe you've messed up here or there. Maybe you've got a scar. Maybe there's an issue. But the value's still there. Before we were sinners, before we were saved, yet we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you. You can overcome all things through Christ who gives you strength. So today, maybe the part you need adjusted in your life is a simple adjustment in just your, your attitude, your, your sight, how you see yourself. Maybe it's just a little adjustment for, for your marriage today. Is a little adjustment with your attitude towards the, your spouse. It could be so simple like that, but it's also very spiritual because that attitude affects your belief. It affects your faith. It affects how you see yourself. That's a simple little word. Attitude. How do you see yourself today? Maybe, maybe the breakthrough in your, in your business is just adjustment in your attitude. Where God comes in, he starts adjusting. Start, starts changing the way you see yourself. As you see the Almighty's giants and you're just a grasshopper. But God's starting to adjust even how you see yourself today. He loves you so much. He cares so much about you. Whatever adversity you're facing, whatever fear you're facing, face it with the attitude of God's got my back. You know, if you want a miracle, it usually means you need a miracle, right? And that means it's a tough place, but God will come through. One way or another, he comes through. If you stand with me today, 